0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline, and that includes Jordan Renan at 9:30 a.m. Eastern for the latest on my beloved New York football giants. Oh, please, Jay, have let let, let Jordan have some good news. We need some good news. Good morning, Key. Good morning, Jay. What's going what on, up,
1: guys? What up? What up? It
0: wasn't on, really Jay? a great morning considering. We them didn't boys. Last night. Holla, holla, yeah. I, by the way, I was- <laughs> coming to work this morning. Now I flew in from Vegas. The whole thing. You had a, a long weekend. Sleep. Yeah, long, long weekend. weekend. But it was a fun weekend. A great fight. Jay did uh, wait
1: for you,
2: man. Jay should have waited. I had to get for back you. home, man. It's my daughter's birthday. Yeah.
0: Jay taking private planes all over the time. just wow. me, Leaving wow. me. Leaving me. Leaving me. Uh, leaving me flying commercial.
1: <laughs> See, <laughs> but, I, I didn't say all that. I, I know, key. Wow. But I'll tell get you what. To what he did privately, I just said Jay left you, and <laughs> but, man, there you go, Max. <laughs> but by the way,
0: so this morning I order. You know, I get on the app, order uh order an Uber. And oh, another Uber story. I, I come downstairs, and it looks like dudes waiting. the Same kind of car. It looked like dudes waiting in front of in front of the house. So I just get in the car. No one's in the car. It's just a car par- parked in front of my building that looked was like open? the same guy. And they left the side door open. There's no one in there. And at first, it doesn't compute. I'm like, wait, where is this dude? He get? So I get out the car. I'm like, it's dark out. I'm looking around. Maybe he's around somewhere. No one's around. Oh man, I just got into someone's car who left the door open. <laughs> So it turns out that the guy had canceled. Next car sixteen minutes away. Ooh, so I uh, yeah. got a Lyft All instead right. of an Uber. There, look at you! Is. That's only going, more than Lyft side than Uber. Look Key, how resourceful.
2: Keys for Lyft. You're for Lyft now. It's not a
0: PJ, but it's you know it's a Lyft Will instead of stop? an Uber. <laughs> it's Lyft instead of an Uber. So, um, <clears throat> guys, John Gruden. That's the, how's this for a one eighty? Yeah. What a John transition. Gruden. Key, he sent an email with racially insensitive, shall we say, language about NFL Players Association President DeMora Smith in July of 2011, the Wall Street Journal reported Friday. In it, Gruden wrote that DeMora Smith had, and I'm quoting, Lips the size of Michelin tires, end quote, the journal reported. Gruden told the journal he didn't recall writing the email, but apologized, saying, I'm really sorry. The NFL released a statement saying, quote, The email from John Gruden denigrating Damaris Smith is appalling, abhorrent, and wholly contrary to the NFL's values. We condemn the statement and regret any harm that its publication may inflict on Mr. Smith or anyone else, end quote. At the time, the NFL and its players were in the midst of trying to resolve a lockout. Gruden was the lead analyst for ESPN's Monday Night Football at the time. Gruden disparaged NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell with a vulgar description in one of several emails that were among the materials provided by the league to the Las Vegas Raiders this past week, Gruden confirmed to ESPN's Chris Mortensen. Uh, First of all, there's the question as to why someone would put all this in a a written email for posterity, right? But, uh, Key, what is your reaction to all of this?
1: I mean, I'm disappointed, disgusted. um not happy obviously. uh you know, I look at it and you know, you 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 have so many different words about it and you you sit back and you listen to the excuses that are made as to why he describes D Smith physical traits as such in an email. Um, then he tries to clean it up by saying, you know, he uses the terms, not Michelin tires, but um, whatever the hell he said about lips. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought because it, it, every time I think about stuff like this, it makes me angry and mad. Because we shouldn't have this in the 21st century again continuing to deal with this. I just wrote a book. I just wrote a book, The Forgotten First. Bob Glauber and myself talked about this in our book, about race in the NFL and how far it's gotten to this point and where everything in between from the 1930s to the reintegration of four black individuals and all the things that they had to go through to lay the foundation for us to be able to play in the league, and then all of a sudden, here we are with this. And you know, you hear people say, "Well, you know, oh, it was 11 years ago. You know, he can, he's a change guy now." Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. We're not getting ready to. We're not getting ready to throw cover for nobody in this situation. We're just not. Or key.
0: I mean, I think it's fair. To say it's eleven years ago, but you got to answer for it first. Like people exactly. are trying to rush past the accountability part. No, no and also they're not going to me-
1: rush, but you're not going to rush past it with me, Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the wrong one. See, oh. I, I've been around this dude, and I tried to tell people as a player, my experience with him as a player, I never experienced him saying uh, direct racial things to me. But I, but I ain't no damn fool. See, I understand, and I see how you treat certain people. And I understand and see how you would go about doing certain things. And I always told people when I played for him, ain't no ax to grind. I don't care. I played, I had a good time, I made my money, I won a Super Bowl. But I also understood who he was as an individual and as a person. Someone not to be trusted. Talking double talk out the side of both mouths. One in the back of his head and one in the front. Always jibber-jabbing and Fooling people and making you think it's more, it's something other than what it is. And I tried to tell people this, Max. You know, they tried to say I was the issue. I was the problem. I'm like, no, 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 y'all don't understand and y'all don't see what y'all dealing with. Y'all got a dude out here fooling y'all constantly and y'all study buying it because he's talking fast and he makes you think he knows all this great football terminology and, and y'all fall for it every single time. Fall for it every single time. But when we, as players, unveil something to you, you got to get rid of us at that point in time. He had to get rid of me because I was going to expose him too much. But he's exposing himself now.
2: Jay? Well, can we play the the sound of him apologizing? Because I, I think that only amplifies the problem. Do you mind if we play that for our audience?
3: All I can say is I, I'm not a racist. I don't uh, – I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again to, to, to D Smith, um, but I feel good about who I am and what I've done my entire life. And uh, I apologize for the insensitive remarks. I had uh, no uh, – you know, I, I, I had no racial uh, intentions with those remarks at all. But, uh, yes, they can. I'm, I'm – uh, I'm not like that at all. But I apologize. I don't want to keep addressing it.
2: See, but that, that yeah, right uh, there, though, yeah, that, that's Well, that's the point, Key, right? Like, you know, when, when something like this arises, if it was 10 years ago, and you did make those remarks, and now there's a lot of other quotes where he says he doesn't really remember it, but then he goes into specific detail about where he was and what he was feeling around that time. So that, that kind of, that works against each other, right? He contradicts himself. But that, that last little snippet, of where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm done talking about this. When you're at a podium and people want to see you have an act of contrition towards something like that, you just don't say that last part. Bingo. You don't say it. you in your line with, and I apologize. And you lower the tone of your voice. And that part, just him saying, and I'm done talking about it, no, gives saying. you insight that, like, that's how he's used to controlling mm-hmm. things, right?
1: But see, that's the thing. I agree. You, that's, you,
2: that's my you, whole point, Key.
1: You have allowed him. Exactly this control and this power all the way back to when we won the super bowl and we parted ways with Rich McKay you you just cuz he won the super bowl you empowered him so he constantly has been empowered so he feels he's empowered again the 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 raiders took him off monday night football and gave him 100 million dollars after being away from the game for 10 years they decided hey we're going to give you 100 million cuz we think you can get the job done they empowered him so he feels empowered again like he's going to control what people are saying like he doesn't want to no 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 you're not going to do that we'll tell you when we don't want to talk about it anymore we'll let you know when we do not want to discuss what you said about d smith amongst others in your emails negative things about owners and negative things about the commissioner of the national football we'll let you know
0: yeah power is the key Po- because racism is about power. The history of this country and with racism is about power. Not, I'm not talking about bigotry or prejudice or personal prejudices. I mean racism.
1: It's about a power structure. And Max, yeah, this is what we talk about as black people, as African Americans, that white privilege. This is part of that. Right. Well, Okay. I, I, that's right. And I, I would say that
0: the, the part that Jay identified— the part that you are now referring to, where he says he doesn't want to address it anymore, well, I'm sure you don't. But that's an assertion or a reassertion of his power. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "I am going to control this. I'm not. I'm." I, and also, while you're apologizing, I feel good about who I am. That's not it. I, if you are referring to look at my track record of behavior, I think a lot of people would vouch for me that these are not. This is not part of my core beliefs or anything like that. This was a stupid thing for me to say. I was being insensitive. I wasn't even thinking about it along racial lines. Were he to say something like that, even that would strain credulity. But, or, or you know, but okay, but he just in his apologies, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I told. I called D Smith. I'm sorry, and uh, that's not who I am. But you said it. And I also—that's—I'm basically done addressing it. But well, he's not
1: done weak. addressing it, though. He ain't getting ready. He's not getting ready to try to put that out there to bully people from asking him those questions. That—that that, you're not going to do that. Right? And I understand you want to move on from it, and I get it. You—you you want it to be old news, but it's not ever going to be old news, man. People see who you are. People in that locker room, you may—you may have. Four or five guys, six or seven guys in the locker room that got your back. You may have ex-players that got your back, but they can't erase them emails no matter what they say. And, yeah, you, people can say he's grown. He's a. I know him as a different person. That may be true. That may be true, but you cannot erase those emails. Yeah, you can you move cannot. on from mistake. Hey,
0: Key, I think you can move on from mistakes in life. And, Absolutely, and, you but, but, but you have
1: to first be held accountable for the mistakes. You don't get to rush past it. I, look, w- whatever they decide to do from an accountability standpoint, whether it's the National Football League or whether it's the Las Vegas Raiders, they've got to make that decision and that choice. Okay? Me personally, as a black man, been black 50 years, it ain't going to change. My color ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay dark. And my lips is going to stay big. Period. But I, I'm not going to sit around and act like I didn't hear, see what that man said. I'm not going to do that. No, I would be, it would be very hard for me as a player to play for a guy like that. Knowing that in that locker room at this moment in time, oh, no, I can't do that. No, uh-uh. Had, had I known, if he, put it this way, had he said that when I played for him, you think we had issues then? Oh, no, man. That's one of the worst, of the worst things I hate in life is bigotry and racism. Mm. And I am young. I am not 100 years old. I didn't go through some of the things that friends of mine went through, older, wiser people that went through in the 60s, and the 50s. I didn't go through that. But I go through things today, and I don't like it. I live vicariously through them listening to their stories and understanding my mother when she was young and telling me about stories and things that happened, or friends like Tom Jackson that worked with me on Countdown for many years and told me how the NFL was back then and why certain coaches can't get jobs. Why? why? Because of the situation that we're dealing with today and people like John Gruden, that we are supposed to just all of a sudden ignore this. And act as though, oh well, he just he just did it this way to do it. He when he didn't really mean it. It was more of a joke. He he uses it because he thinks people are liars with loose lips. And I like, man, say, miss me with that. You think I'm stupid? I bet yeah. You think we're stupid?
0: Yeah, it does seem like he's playing on people's intelligence with some of that some of the stuff he said. Look, uh, racism is this country's original sin, and it continues to be one of the, if not the, kind of. Uh, uh, central issues of American life to this day, and we're going to be talking more about it. Lewis Riddick right now joins us on the Monday Night Football Preview, which is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Good morning, Lewis. What's up, man? How you guys doing? What up, sweet Lou? Busy morning. Um, We've been talking about the best teams in the AFC all morning, actually, Uh, Lewis. Where should the Ravens be in that conversation? You know... Right now,
3: I mean, obviously, if you watch – I mean, everybody saw the game last night and everybody sees like the, the, the firepower that a team like Buffalo has. People saw Cleveland and L.A. duke it out yesterday and people see just how good Justin Herbert has become and how much better yet he's still going to be. I think with Baltimore, people have a great opportunity tonight to see a football team that – has always played great defense, has always had a great rushing attack, especially since Lamar got here. But I think you have the opportunity to see a team that now has, I would say, the potential to be that multiple type of offense that doesn't, it doesn't have to just be Lamar running the football. It doesn't just have to be the exotic powers and counters and, and QB design runs and RPOs. This is a team that can throw the football all over the yard if they want to. And if they play like I expect them to play tonight, I think you will be talking about them as being one of the top three teams in the AFC, a team that you would think is going to make it to the AFC Championship game and has a chance to be out there in L.A. for the Super Bowl. I think they're starting to hit their stride in that way. They're getting healthy on offense. Lamar is supremely confident. This team is supremely confident, not cocky, confident in what they've got going on And things are changing here in Baltimore in terms of this offense. It's not just the Lamar show running the football. Not even close anymore. And I'm hoping for myself and for viewers and football fans, period, that that's how it looks tonight and we get a great game. And he gets to show you and his team gets to show you, as well as Indianapolis, gets to show you that this team is not a one-trick pony because I don't believe it is anymore. and I think you're going to see that.
1: Uh, Lewis, you had an opportunity to see Justin Herbert up close in person. I had an opportunity to see him up close in person yesterday against the Cleveland Browns um, with him playing quarterback. The last two weeks, man, and and, and we mm-hmm. can go into this a lot of different ways because I was sitting at the mm-hmm. stage yesterday and I said to myself, I said I know damn well that Miami Dolphins have got to have a headache right now based on yeah. where their quarterback situation is and what this dude is doing to the National Football League. His performance yeah. over the last two weeks, where do you put him in this quarterback numbers game?
3: Yeah, when you're if you're saying, like, where, where would I rank him? Where would he be as far as like if you're redrafting for the league right now? I heard Jimmy Johnson say this. I think he said it yesterday, that if he was redrafting right now and he had access to any player in the NFL, he could draft any team that he wanted, given all the young players, older player, whatever it is in the NFL, that he would take Justin Herbert number one overall. Yes, yes. And someone said, over Patrick Mahomes. And he said, over Patrick Mahomes.
1: See, see, you know what, Lewis, I I didn't hear him say that. But, you know, when you're sitting at the games like you do on Monday Night Football and do so well, yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm evaluating him and I'm saying to myself, man, this dude might be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he... There was, you know, th- this
3: is the tricky part about scouting, man, where, where sometimes, you know, when you evaluate the makeup of an individual and they don't externally show you the kind of things that you typically associate with leadership, toughness, resilience, you know, love of the game, blah, blah, blah. And then if they don't externally show you those things that, you know, in a way that you, you typically see them. But someone's a little bit more reserved, a little bit more quiet, not very boisterous. But you know that they are extremely talented. That's where a lot of mistakes are made in scouting. I know telling my career, I know I've made mistakes in scouting in that way, you know, like getting an impression about someone where I really it, it wasn't the accurate one. It didn't really reflect just how internally and intrinsically driven someone is and how good someone can be, especially if they get the right relationship with the right coach and make the right connection. I think Justin is one of those people. When he came out of Oregon, all of the talk he was about, is he a leader? He's so introverted. He doesn't talk. He's real quiet. Is Oregon's offense one that really translates to the NFL? How steep is it going to be his learning curve? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when he got to L.A. and he hooked up with Pep Hamilton and – he had to play, and he had to come into the game where literally they were telling us stories about how he came up to the line of scrimmage in the first game that he had to play, and he had to look down at his wristband, and he couldn't find the play that they were supposed to be calling. He didn't even really know what to say. And Keenan Allen said they were, he was making a check at the line of scrimmage, and Keenan was looking over and looking at the other wide receivers, and they were like, what did he just call? That doesn't make any sense. And they just snapped the ball, and he just made plays. They knew right then, ah, oh, this guy's wired different. He's just connected upstairs in you know, terms of his mind and then how it translates to how he plays on the football field differently. And when you talk to him, he's so respectful, mild-mannered, soft-spoken, you know, has that kind of young boyish smile that where you go, this guy can't be the killer on the field that is just throwing this ball all over the place at 6'6", 235, 240 pounds, who looks like the prototype. He can't be. It can't be the same guy that's sitting here talking to me right now. He has got the perfect makeup. And now I think he's with a coach who, although Brandon is a defensive coach, Brandon Staley, he's a guy who's a former quarterback who learned the game on the offensive side of the ball, then switched over to defense now is able to offer this young quarterback a whole different perspective about how to play the quarterback position, almost through a defensive player's eyes going, I'm going to show you what defenses try to do to people like you in order to slow you down. So now you can stay not one, but maybe two steps ahead of what they're trying to do to you. He's got, They've got the perfect mix going on. Mm. And he, he's dangerous, dude. He's real, real dangerous right now. And that team is getting more and more and more self-confidence and belief that, we ain't the same old Chargers, man. I don't care how many people come into our stadium wearing the opposite team colors and how loud it is and how much they try to make it look like it or sound like it's a, you know, a road game for us. Brandon said, you know how you win people's respect? It's true. You know how you gain people's respect in the NFL? You win and you perform. And that team is gaining people's respect as fans. It's gaining people's respect you know, amongst the analyst uh, community and Justin Herbert in particular has taken this league by storm right now, and that's not hyperbole. That's just the truth, and he's the
0: truth. I love lots of uh, ascending quarterbacks and teams in the AFC, Bills, Chargers, even the Bengals are winning a lot. Thank you, Lewis, as always. Appreciate it.
3: Appreciate you, Lou. You got it, guys. Take care.
0: Let's get the latest from Jordan Renan, our Giants reporter. Good morning, Jordan.
4: Good morning, guys. Fortunately for me, I'm feeling better than most of the Giants today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a
0: bad morning, it's actually. L- it's been a rough weekend. Yeah. What's the latest,
4: Jordan? It's been a rough eight years, let's be honest. I don't know whether to laugh kidding? or
0: cry at that, Jordan. What's the latest <laughs> with all these injuries on the roster?
4: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Saquon the ankle—that's uh, one we're going to have to watch. Uh, you, you know, the athlete always will be like, "Oh, I'm going to be back. I, I could get back. You know, I'm going to play soon." Uh, but the likelihood is it's going to take some time. Fortunately, it's not. Doesn't they don't think it's a high ankle sprain. They don't think it's a break or any serious fracture. So that in itself is some good news. That at least you should see Saquon Barkley back on the field. Uh, before the midway point of this season, which I think at this point, considering what you saw yesterday, you saw, when you saw the size of his ankle, when they showed that, I mean, the, the, the thing was like the size of a softball. And so you, you when you see that, you get you get concerned. So. Uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, he's a tough dude. I mean, he, you saw that. You, you've been seeing that. He puts his head down, uh, and he was in good spirits. He had a nice lengthy chat with his parents. You saw him outside the locker room uh, in the final minutes of the game. Uh, so he was up on his feet and seemed to be doing okay. You know, uh, you never know with concussions. It's kind of the day after, like the night after. Uh, you see how guys are doing. And then Kenny Galladay, uh, said so he hyperextended his knee. He tried to fight through it, and you know, he's going to get some more testing today. But I, I, I don't think, again, that doesn't seem to be a long-term thing for Kenny Galladay. So all in all, even though it was awful in the, in the moment and you lost your three best. How about this? The Giants, by the second half of the game, seven of their 11 week one starters were not on the field because of injury.
2: It's unbelievable. And, uh, Jordan, it doesn't get easier. I mean, the Rams, Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks. I mean, it's like murderers row. What's the overall mood in the building like, though?
4: They, Joe Judge, I mean, you give him credit. that He's able to keep them really focused. I mean, that that was his – you could tell. He has a message after the game, and you hear it from every single player, right? And it was, next man up. We're going to get to work on Monday. We're going to go back, and we're going to play with who we have and and move forward. And he does have – he can lean back a little bit on this. Because remember, they started 0-5 in his first year. And he preached to them, hey, guys, trust me here. Stay on track. We're heading in the right direction. Don't panic. We're going to turn it around. And they did to an extent last year, right? After 0-5, they, they did finish 6-10. and But at that point, you're talking about they finished with 6-5 and at that point. So he's kind of leaning on that same approach this year. And I, and I think so far you haven't seen any cracks. So uh, I think they believe they could turn it around. But like you said, man, you didn't even mention Monday Nighters in Kansas City, in Tampa, on top of those schedules, on, on top of those teams you just named, where, where are the wins? It's going to be tough for this crew, especially if they're a little banged up for the next few weeks. Where are they getting
1: victories? Mm-hmm. Jordan, how do I evaluate Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman, knowing that there's a bunch of injuries that are out there, and there's future contract conversations that could be coming up with a couple key pieces uh on our team. How do I evaluate that as an owner?
4: Well, you mentioned something interesting. We'll get, I'll get to that in a sec, but when you talk about evaluating those two guys, like for Joe Judge and and Dave Gettleman, here's the thing when you don't align them, right? They're in different spots of the progression. When it comes to Dave Gettleman, you're in year 4, okay? If you have a losing, he's, he's twenty-one games under five hundred. That's he, Think about it. He they can go an entire season undefeated, and he would still have a losing record as general manager. So at some point, you know you have to look at it and say, hey, you know we this is a results business. You got to produce. You don't. You don't get. Hey, you get. Hey, you get six, seven years to turn the team around. Like at some point, he's got to be able to you know put a winning product on the field. So I think he's in a little different spot where he's under more pressure than Joe Judge. Uh, as long as the Giants don't crumble, I think Joe Judge is in a little different position. Uh, they believe in his process and a lot of things that he's doing. Now, again, results business. He knows it. It's going to have to start producing victories. But I think those two are in uh, different spots right now. And you mentioned the you know big decisions coming up. Really, and, and this is something that when you see Saquon go down yesterday, it has to come to your mind, right? Can this team really commit to him long-term at this point? Like that's going to be a topic that, comes, that starts coming up soon, right? Saquon Barkley's contract. Is he really a guy that you as an organization can commit big money to? And right now, it's hard for you to make the argument of
2: yes. Wow. Jordan Renan, ESPN Giants reporter, here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. So what? (laughs) That's that's fascinating because now you know three seasons in a row where he's been hurt. Like, what 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 are the team's feelings around Saquon? I mean, obviously you're waiting for him to have an explosion, explosive type of game. Hasn't really had it yet. Where does this leave them, Jordan?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, they're uh, they were. I mean, look that second half in New Orleans was like, gave them optimism. Oh, he's close. Like we're getting there. Like it's, it, it was always realistic for him to come into this year. He's coming off a major knee injury, right? It was always realistic for it to take some time for him to get back up to the level he was playing at, you know, two years before. Cause like you said, it's been two straight years coming into this year with injuries, right? The, the high ankle sprain derailed his 2019 season, 2020 was the knee. And so he's finally getting, you could see it week by week. You could see improvement. He's getting better. It wasn't really realistic. And, and I spoke to people in the offseason, and they said that. Like, they didn't expect him to come in week one this year and just blow it up, right? It was going to, maybe Adrian Peterson did it once upon a time, but 99% of players, it takes them, sometimes it takes guys even a full year off the, you know, a torn ACL before they're really back. So you saw it in the New Orleans game, and you're feeling optimistic. And then now you have this other setback. And it's just, you know, I mean, look, we see it with Christian McCaffrey. You see it with running backs all the time. And this is why it's such a tough investment to make. That position is brutal in this league. And this is just a bad luck thing. I mean, he stepped on a player's ankle. You know, Jay, you know this. It was like that was basketball style injury right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, just stepping on a guy's foot and your your foot turning sideways. I mean, there's nothing... You could say, "Oh, that's Saquon's fault," or it's just that was just bad luck, and so now they kind of have to reset the clock so, and wait for him to get healthy. And now we realistically, when is he going to be back to 100% full strength, Saquon, and uh, you know potentially back to what he was two, three years ago? You're talking about the second half of the season, so it's the third year in a row you're not getting full production out of what we considered. A star running back.
0: Jordan Renan, you said a lot today. And of all the things you said, the thing that depressed me the most, because we're in a 17-game season now, is the Giants, hey, they turned it around last year and won six games. Like, what are we hoping? <laughs> now they can win seven this year? Oh. Like, how, well, we're moving in the right direction. Like a glacier, we're moving in a direction. It is, it is a – a must be a thankless job covering this team, Jordan. It's a thankless job being a fan of it right now. I'll tell you that much. Boy, they're living off those Super Bowls at this point in time. Jordan, thank you for coming on. I'm a very frustrated Giants fan, but it's good
4: to hear from
2: you. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate you,
4: man. I hear you, Max. I, I joined I, – I started covering them in 2013, so just in time for this downturn. <laughs> One winning season. One winning season oh, in eight the- years right now. It's, oh. it's rough these days.
0: You know what, Jordan? I think on this show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, you help us. Let's, let's go find the Giants next, GM. Can we start doing that on this show, please? I thought we just I'd had like him to go on go our find show. I
2: thought we just had him on our show.
0: You know, Louis Riddick? Yeah, yeah. Jordan, thank you.
4: Ooh, I like it, guys. So, guys. J- All right, anytime, fellas.
0: Thanks, man. Jay went and found tape on key, and we're going to hear it next. Keyshawn, Jay Willamax, ESPN Radio. We all have our pet topics, right? We're first on something, or we're really into it. Key was in on the Raiders early, and Derek Carr is a quarterback. Um, (laughs) Well, he was. Jay was big on
2: escalated quickly. Jay was big on the
0: Jay was big on the Bills, right? And so earlier in the show. Key said something positive about the Bills, and Jay was like, no, it's my Bills. I was one of I'm i the Bills guy, right? And, then, and then Key care. was like, no, I said, I said the Chiefs maybe don't win that division because we're reacting to Bills and Chiefs.
2: And, and he said it with – "See, some, here's what you have to remember, like being around Key for a year and a half now. Key says things with such authority sometimes, a conviction. It makes you wonder, You like, did – Yeah, did that happen? Did, did he really? Did he really do? But then I – thank God my point guard brain was like, I actually have taped. Of when Key Oh, you take the show? It. I didn't know you take the oh, show. Oh, no, no, you no. It, it, it's me on, on, on our IG page. Secretly, and
1: I, if you're secretly taping me, this is, New York is a consent state. I do not consent <laughs> to you, <laughs> you. should be teased. It's on our He's own gonna IG sue page. You. He's going to
2: get real here, petty right now, here Jay. Here was the topic, Max <laughs> Kelman. The topic <laughs> yeah. was, this is May 23rd. When do the Chiefs take their first loss of the season? I want you to hear what Keyshawn Johnson said on that day. The Chiefs' first loss will be week blank. First loss. I'm gonna go week one. Let's throw it out there, even week though I expect them to lose against it. Week five. Buffalo.
5: Head to bet. I like it, Jay.
2: They, they don't lose. lose. Oh. Oh no! Just running the table. They're they're undefeated. They're going to run the table. Oh, run the no. table. You're one of those. 20-0. and you, you, you. No, regular 17 season. 17 You destroyed people last year. You destroyed, annihilated people on our show yes, okay. for saying that Kansas City will go undefeated. But no. now you're let's saying go, no, they're going go go. undefeated.
1: I said they're going undefeated this, this year. I didn't say they were going undefeated last year. This year. They're gonna go undefeated. Oh, you said nervous. You know though. how
2: hard that is to do. It's hard. You know
1: how hard. I, I didn't say go undefeated. I,
6: I didn't Jason, say, I
1: didn't say it wasn't gonna be hard. I just said they're gonna be undefeated. Let's make sure nice this try, gets pushed out on Williams. social media so it can be seen by oh, everyone in out Baltimore. Right yeah, yeah. Put that out. They're going undefeated. Give Buffalo. it to Sports Center and ESPN. New, new offense line. We like this.
5: Sean Johnson calls it. Lost of the Super Bowl. I have it on my house. Go Chiefs.
0: <laughs> See, he tried to call me Jason. That's what's known as a smoking I, gun.
1: I'm
2: just That's trying what to, tell you, to Don't let, let Keith fool you. But,
0: You're going to need a great lawyer they, for this one.
1: If I said that they were going to go undefeated and they go undefeated, what, I don't understand what's the whole getting. Okay, they, they're not going undefeated. So what? I don't understand what the got you moment is. The got you moment was
2: earlier today on the show. You tried to sit there and tell me that you said they weren't going to win a division and that they weren't going to be as good we, as they were J- last year. J-
1: James and I had a conversation. This was in See, May. As we went into the summer and got ready for preseason, James and I, our producer, was having a conversation. And I told him that they may not even win the division, even though in May I said that they would go undefeated. I don't understand They got gotcha, you That's Mom. a hell of a division. Said, yeah, how do you go that's a, that's quite extremes? a division. Wait a minute, Key. It's but <laughs> but <there's> not <laughs> an extreme. I changed my mind on uh. based on what I thought. There's nothing wrong with that.
2: What made you change your mind from then to? Then? I don't
1: remember so long ago, Jay. I don't. I don't go digging up stuff like that. Where were
2: you I on really the night of I May the thirty second? I I was at home but in wait. California. <laughs> no, I'm joking. but wait, hold
1: on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting off of me. You see how I'm getting ready to get off of this real quick? I want to I want to ask you something, Evan. Evan, are you here? Uh oh. Yes. How the hell did you get my wife's phone number? Whoa. Wow. Oh. What is going? What just no, happened? Seriously. We were... How did you get my wife's phone number?
5: I happened? got it. I got it from our bosses because I was scared. I Which, was nervous that you hadn't shown up and wanted to make sure you were okay. Hold on. How the hell did they get her? Which
1: number? one of the bosses has Key's wife's phone yeah, this,
5: this is not for. This should it not is. be discussed. I was, he understand. Evan I loves you, and, and he wanted to make sure until you were okay. nine fifty four zero seven, because I will not reveal my source.
1: I was like, and she texted me and asked me if I was at work like 20 minutes ago. I'm like, Yeah, she yes. just she, text she
5: texted me, me back like, me. like a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, we got so Key like, on I'm tape. We got key you Key's phone
1: like,
0: number. Yeah, Key, you you're like, under FBO surveillance, brother. You are under me. surveillance. No, we got was, you on tape. Jay just said it. We got, we got family concerned. members, numbers, and everything. Key's
5: under surveillance. you driving to work in L.A. at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was concerned about you, and I reached out.
1: I understand, but it's just the point that... You text her, and I'm like, what, "What is he?" And she said, "Evan." I'm like, "Evan who?" And she said, "Your producer."
2: And I'm like, "What the hell? How did he get you?" Evan, we're gonna go into, we're gonna, did, gonna do an, an expose on Evan's Evan's room Key at home, his living room, times. got
0: all like a shrine to Keyshawn Johnson. He's got, he's got numbers you, on him, you everything. You
1: called me, you called me a bunch. I did five not answer times. on purpose. I did not. There's no point in me answering when I'm driving to work. What's, what's the point of answering the phone? You know, I'm on my way to work. So, what is it? Talk to I me I didn't right know here.
0: that.
1: Oh, God, stop. See, uh,
0: Evan can hide behind That's the idea that, like, yeah, there's a show to produce and everything. I think he was just worried about you, Key. Yeah,
5: was. he
1: was
0: worried about Keyshawn Johnson, the person.
5: Definitely. That, yeah. that thought crossed my mind. Like, that was. I was very nervous for Key's well being mm. by, like,. Five forty-five Eastern, like yeah, like it was more like
2: five thirty. Yeah, it was earlier it was like than that. No, no, just, it no, was no. Than that. At
5: five thirty, I was worried about the show. You started At to a little 45, bit around five twenty-five, five thirty. I think, yeah, I it, started, I think I it started. I think it started
0: the day that Keyshawn became a New York Jet. Actually, I think it's <laughs> the day you started worrying <laughs> about him. Uh,
1: you started <laughs> being interested the in I his the personal life and everything. <laughs> yeah, they all. That's what they did in New York. We got any callers we want to take? I don't think so. I had to get off of actually David in gotcha Virginia Beach.
5: Uh-oh. David in Virginia Beach is there.
1: Dave? David? Hello? Dave. Yes, Hello. David. Uh, I just had a couple questions. Uh, if Mike Williams keeps performing the way he does, do you think we re-sign
4: him, and how do we address the Chargers' run defense?
1: Absolutely you need to re-sign him. Keenan Allen isn't getting any younger, and, and you certainly want to sign Mike. Mike Williams is a freak, man. That dude, I'm, I'm watching him up close in person. Like, that's exactly... What they drafted out of Clemson. He is just, I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous.
0: That was the first. Jay is smiling because I missed a shot from Key's normal seat. Wide right. But that's the first time I haven't even been, either been short or long. (laughs) That's the first time I've been right or left. Key, he's shooting like
2: 5%.
0: Yeah. You know, we crumple up the paper and shoot it into the garbage can all the way over there.
1: Does Max look like an athlete? Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on.
0: That's the reason I'm doing radio is a simulcast. I don't even. Yes, love because the fact it's, that there's a
1: simulcast. this just in. Hear more Max Kellerman. This just in. That's weekdays right. two Eastern on yes. ESPN. What a handsome fella.
0: There, uh, you, I was about to say he almost forgot the handsome part, but he usually remembers. That's that's she, the Max important thing. Max is looking thing. at
2: Giannis like he's Ray Allen with his shooter. Ben person. Simmons. <laughs> I'm like Ben Simmons. Boy,
0: that Ben Simmons is a shooter.
2: Dodgers well. play tonight. <laughs>
1: Dodgers play tonight. I'll be attending the Dodger game tomorrow night. Dodgers play tonight. We to the, the, the Yankees Evening Events for you,
2: yeah. Look at all. These yeah, sports I go to sporting
1: LA. events when I have an opportunity to. Jason, yeah.
2: Mm. So do we. So we all. King. Oh, Jason so goes to them all. on
0: private planes. What are you talking about? Man? Hey, man, you gotta, you hey, gotta <laughs> get the
2: place. Don't man. tell
1: anybody anything. Just uh, keep all Don't the info confidential. Things. All right. Well, yes. next time he'll pick you up and not leave. Greeny. He doesn't
2: get done with all the post fight
1: rap. Greeny is next with Moose Johnston. We'll have Gary Bettman tomorrow. Keyshawn
0: J Will and Max ESPN Radio.